But what it did for that couple was this. They said, why do you do this? Why do you do that? You don't know us. And I said, well, hi, my name's Matt. And they gave me their names. And I said, cool, now we know each other, and you can take this money. And they're like, what? what? The guy was literally, there wasn't anyone else in the store, not not at the cash register. And the man was just like, I don't don't understand. He goes, I was looking around in my cart to take back some some meat or something, because the meat is usually the more expensive item. Because I was looking around to take that back. I said, I said, you're a younger couple. And then I, know, I noticed the, on her purse she had little keychains and had, had kids' faces on it. I said, you got kids at home? Yeah, yeah, we got two. I said, well, I know how much I like pork chops now. And I said, I don't want you to take those pork chops back. I want you to go home and give them to those kids. And the mom just became very emotional. Now, I don't tell you this because, oh, wow, look at what Matt did. I'm telling you. I was able to use what God had given me to bless someone else. This morning, we're going to take a collection, an offering in these, in these bags, and we're going to take it, and they're going to go count it. I'm going to give it out to one of you at the end of the service, and you're going to do that exact same thing in the community. And people often ask us, Matt, I heard that you guys give away money at your church. And I said, oh, we seek to be a blessing whenever we can. But I also know this. I also know what it's like to be standing in line like those people and say, man, I need five more bucks. Ah. We'll just take this back. And I've seen someone help us. I've been there. I understand And this morning, some of you, many of you, some of you, one or two of you may say, you know, I'm about 10 bucks, five bucks short of that, whatever you need. Some of you are going to think this is crazy, but we're going to start passing those bags up the front. Those guys want to go ahead and get here up to the sides. But if that bag goes by you and you say, man, I need 10 bucks to pay that bill. You take it out of the bag. Now, some of you are going to be, oh, wow, we don't do that. The lead team has discussed with us that, that we want no, you guys can go ahead, that we want no part of controlling this. We want God to move. If, if God has put you in this place this morning because you need $10, here you go. This is it. Why do we do things like this at Connection? Because we seek to live and love like Jesus. While they're passing the bags, if you would, we're going to turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 2 in the New Testament. It's the second book in the New Testament. If you don't know where Mark is, you can go to the table of contents, look up Mark, it'll give you a page number, turn to it. Also, if you have a worship handout, we're going to go to this page where it has the blanks. I'm going to have some sermon points You can go through and take some notes as we go that maybe later on in the week you want to use this as a study guide for, for your week, for your devotional when you talk to God. Maybe this will trigger some, some things in your, in your daily life. But before we get into Mark chapter 2, I want to pray for us. They're continuing to pass the bags. It's okay. You can pray with your eyes open. You're good. 
Just bow your heads. Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity. God, that we can, we can help people. We can help someone. God, but the big thing is, God, help us to understand that what we're to know is where to take people. We know where to take people, and that's to you. God, help us this morning. Help us, help us understand what's going on in this story in Mark. Help us to understand what's going through these friends' minds. Help us to understand that they knew where to take their friend for help. In your name I pray. Amen. We're in Mark chapter 2. It'll be verse 1. If you have your Bible, flip. If you have your Bible, look in your Bible. If you're not, you're going to be on the screen. I will say, if you have your Bible, you can mark in it. Okay? Mark in it. If you come back by it, that verse may make more sense. There may be another thing that you, oh man, I remember, I remember when Matt talked about this. I remember when Mike talked about this. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Jesus had been away, okay? Now, oftentimes, people come into church at Connection, and they'll hear us talk about the popularity of Jesus, okay? It's kind of a coined phrase that I I relate Jesus to a rock star. In In all reality, he is, okay? This guy wasn't a freak show. He was, he was as popular as your favorite artist today. Now, what I related this verse to is this. He's been away. Jesus has been on tour. <laughs> okay? Now, think about it. That makes a whole lot of sense. Jesus is the rock star. He's been on tour. He's been on tour. Now, remember, when I, were, when I was a young, a young man, my, my uncle, my mom's brother, is a, uh, was a communications uh, expert in the Marine Corps, and it was he he got discharge honorably discharged. He got disability in his back, and because of the job that he did in the military, he was honorably discharged. He served six years, but he had been gone, and the Persian Gulf was getting. I mean, it was rolling in 1992. This was rolling. Some of you are looking at me. Well, I wasn't born in '92. Well, sorry, <laughs> I was. I was 12. Some of you are going. Oh, he's only 12 in '92. But I remember often being scared for my uncle. We prayed for him all the time. We knew that he was in dangerous situations. Um, He has seen a lot of things. But I remember, I'm like, man, whenever he comes home, I can't wait to hug him. Whenever he he comes home, I can't wait to go fishing. Whenever he comes home, I can't wait to go hunting with him. Because he always had time for me. But when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, news traveled quickly. When my Uncle John came home, my grandma, this is is pre-cell phone, people, okay? (laughs) It wasn't a mass text. My grandma didn't write it on Facebook, but she picked up her phone and probably lit it up. Old school phone tree. She She called two people, they called two people, all the way down. It was in the church. She told her friends, my son is home. My son is home. <laughs> i never forget what that was like. I hadn't seen him for almost eight months. He's coming out of being a communications expert with the Marine Corps. The dude was in shape. <laughs> I remember he had a, 
he had his bag on his like his shoulder, and he and he come walking out, and he looked like GI Joe to me. I mean, that guy's just like this, and he has bag, and I'll never forget. We all ran up to him, just hugged him. He was home. This is the same type of thing. Jesus was a rock star. I'm telling you, he was. If I told you that Jesus Christ himself was going to be in Veterans Park at 1 o'clock today, unless you had, I don't know what's more important than meeting Jesus face to face, so you would be there. If, if Jesus said, I'm coming back home to Mount Vernon today, you would show up. If you had been, if you had been able to hear him speak, to, to hear what he's done, to see what he's done, as we're going to look later, if you had been at all exposed to that. Like, oh, I cannot wait to see him again. I was talking with Tim Wednesday, and you may think, oh, what is it? It was during band practice. And I said, you know, Tim's a big music guy. He likes music. And I said, you know, I've seen Hillsong. I've seen Jesus Culture, all these new Christian bands. Really, really cool. I really like it. I said, but I think if I could pick one tour, of all time to go back and see, I was eight years old when it happened, 1988. Now, some of you that like that like a uh, little rock and roll, you're going to like this. I want to go. Oh, I told him, I said, if I could transport in time and go to one concert, 1988 Def Leppard Hysteria Tour. Anyone? And there's some Def Leppard fans, my people. Okay, good, good. See, that's the that's the type of thing. That's that's the just the full intention of these people. They wanted to be around him. They wanted to hang out with him. Jesus, teach us some more. Jesus, show us what we can do. Jesus, he was a revolutionary person. No one like him. So when he came back home, it was a big deal. Everywhere he went, crowds. You could read. Every time it mentions Jesus, most of the time, most of every time, Sometimes he gets alone. He knew, he, knew that, he knew that principle too. He knew whenever there was time to get alone and talk to God. But oftentimes when he was in a city, there were crowds. What did he do with the crowds? Oh, this is inconvenient. You know, I got another hundred people. Imagine the, the disciples walking around him. Jesus, the crowds are back. Yeah, I know. I'm Jesus. <laughs> I mean, really? You think the disciples told him something? He's like, yeah, I know that already. I'm Jesus. So... <laughs> I don't, I don't seek to be funny, but that's, I mean, really. He's like, yeah, they don't go away. And he probably, he probably made mention to him. He said, everywhere I go, they're going to follow me. You have to understand that I'm that different. I'm teaching them how to love a way that they've never loved before. I'm teaching them here. It's my own money. I give it away. Here's what I've come to realize. This money is, in fact, actually not even mine. I'm going to just recycle it. It's going to go back into the system. So I choose to live on a budget to where I can do this. He sought to minister to them. He taught. You can look in Scripture and see how Jesus teaches people to love. Imagine his disciples. Jesus, you're really talking to that people? You had dinner with him? Why? Jesus took that time. Listen, I, I'm going to die for him. And I'm going to die for you. 
It's an opportunity to minister. This is what we do. Can you imagine the crowd if Jesus was suddenly in the produce aisle of Kroger? Either it would be everybody. You couldn't get into the store. If he went to Walmart, you couldn't get it. People are like, you can't get into Walmart now. <laughs> go, go the day after Thanksgiving. Tell me if you can get into Walmart. But you can imagine, Jesus was the iPad for 200 bucks on, on Black Friday after Thanksgiving. And he's in the middle of Walmart. He's that popular. People sought to just be around him. They wanted, they wanted more. They wanted to touch. They want, we read about people that simply wanted to touch him. He was so special. He was so special. He couldn't go get gas at Huck's. He would never get a 79-cent soda. He would never get in the door. But I wonder this. Jesus, through his word, teaches us to live the same way. Do other people want to be around us like that? Do we expel something? Do we leave something? Do we make that much of an impact on something that if we're not there, they notice? Oh, where's Matt today? Do we have that impact? Jesus was reaching different people, different walks of life. Look around. There are people that make this much money. There are people that make, I don't make that much, that much money. But Jesus did the same thing. He says, I'm going to go to the tax collector's house. I know that you don't like him, but I'm going to go hang out with Matthew. Because he needs to know about me too. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. Jesus was reaching different people from different walks of life. I often talk with people about our church and they say, with what I've been through, Matt, and they usually do this, they separate themselves. With what I've been through, there's no way that your church would be okay with me coming. I simply say this. I told that person, I said, if you will be honest and the people at Connection will be honest, I don't think there's too many people in this world that couldn't walk through that door and one of you couldn't touch you got tattoos cool we got people with tattoos you've done this we've got people that have done this see that's what jesus was seeking to show us he said hey we're loving everybody and that was completely different to these people jesus wasn't hung up on a social status paul writes this in the book of ephesians if you follow along just on the screen he brought this good news of peace to you gentiles who are far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. He being Jesus. Different people groups. Now the Jews have always been the special, God's special people. Look to the Old Testament. You can look in the book of Exodus. They've always been the special people. But now Jesus comes. Jesus, you're seriously, we're going to talk to the Gentiles. They're, they're not godly people. He goes, hmm, I can make them that way. If they believe in me, I can, I can show them how to love. This is the difference. The Gentile people were considered away because they weren't the chosen ones. 
They weren't the Jews. But watch, when Jesus, when Jesus comes, this is what Paul's talking about. He said, listen, when Jesus came, he seeks to relate with everybody. The poor, the sick, the rich, the healthy, everybody. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew, doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. Watch this twist. Jews, Gentiles, they both needed Christ. They both needed Christ. See, it all comes back to him. It all comes back to him. He's the rock star that's been on tour. And some of you are going to say, Matt's just talking about concerts and church. Listen, he's that big of a deal. In scripture, you watch, you listen to Mr. Harvey give the intro, introduction to Jesus, if you saw the first video. You know, he hails from Bethlehem. Before the kings of comedy, he was declared the king of kings. He's that big of a deal. If you don't think that he related to people, you should listen. If you can go back and watch that video sometimes on YouTube. He says, Jesus holds the record for the biggest fish fry. That's what he said on there. Fed 5,000. Why? Not just because he could. He told his disciples, he said, we're going to... We have connect groups and we have snacks. This is nothing new. Jesus said, we're going to feed them and I'm going to teach them. This is cool. It goes on in Mark 2, the second verse. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room even outside the door. What? The crowds don't just follow Jesus. They get intel. <laughs> Watch. They get intel where he's going. And they beat him there. Can you imagine this? Imagine this with me. You come home from church, and there's 55 people in your house. They're sitting on your furniture. They've used your bathroom. Some of you are like, holy cow, nobody comes in my house unless I go through everything first. Our response is, when somebody comes over, did I catch you by surprise? Nope, we live in our house. Just come on in. If you can relate, relate, okay? But they got intel of where Jesus was going. I mean, can you imagine this? Jesus... He knows the place that he's going to stay. He goes, oh, man, it's been a long day. All these crowds, this crowd of people. Can you imagine he turns the corner on his street and looks, he goes, holy cow, maybe I shouldn't stay at this house. These people had done intel work. Where's he going to stay? Where's he going to stay? The person whose house it was probably went, oh, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. He's staying at my house. Oh, Jesus is going to be at your house? Oh, well, Jesus is going to be at his house. So Jesus shows up. And there wasn't even room outside the door. I am a gigantic Cardinals fan. And if you know how to correctly do it, you can go where the players leave the parking garage underneath the stadium, and you can get autographs. Shh. Don't tell anyone. I was there with two buddies in college. I'm like, oh, man, I'm looking in there, and there's, like, Escalades, Lexus, however you say, S-A-A-B, Saab, whatever the expensive ones are, Ferrari, all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm like, man, this is cool. And all of a sudden, there are more people, and, I, and I, I, I'm like, man, I can't move. I'm like, I can't. 
I can't move. And I turn around, and there's like 150 people. I'm like, well, somebody leaked this secret. And I tell my two buddies, I said, man, I got to go. I said, I got to drive back to Illinois. I'm going to go back to my house. Got about an hour and 15 minutes back home. I said, I'm, <laughs> you guys just stay. It's not worth this crowd to me. That's what I said. It's not worth this crowd to me. I get a call on my cell phone about an hour later. Hey, hey, how you doing? I go, oh, I'm good. You guys make it home? Oh, we're just leaving the stadium. I said, you're just leaving the stadium? Why are you just leaving the stadium? Well, one of those really expensive cars came out, and it stopped. And Mike Matheny got out, and he just started signing autographs to whoever was there. I said, what? You met Mike Matheny? Oh, yeah, we shook his hand, hung out with him. I'm like, wow. But just to get a glimpse, a touch, a sighting, my buddies stayed. These people are honestly looking for a glimpse, a touch, a conversation for Jesus to acknowledge them. That's all they're looking for. So they pack into this house. He goes on and says, while he was preaching God's word to them. Whoa. So he comes in. So he comes into this house full of people. He goes, well, I just had crowds follow me all day. I'm coming home to rest and there's more crowds. Watch. Time to teach. Time to put in. Time to pour out. He sees this as an opportunity. Some people would see it as an inconvenience. Jesus sees opportunity. What we should look for is was it convenient? Do you think it was convenient? It was probably hot all day. The crowds have been following all day. Jesus, Jesus, all day long. Ever had one of your kids go, mom, 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 mom. Can you imagine Jesus hearing that? Jesus, 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 just please, just, I need, I need, to, talk, I need to talk to you. I'd like to touch you. I just want to be around you. He, it was that kind of thing. So we see, wow, that he, he, just, he just stops to teach. It wasn't a convenient time for him. It was at the end of the day probably. He's probably wanting to rest. But he doesn't see this as an inconvenience. He sees this as an opportunity. And while he was preaching God's word to them, it goes on to verse 3. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. This story is familiar. We're going to see what Jesus does because of the authority that he had. But I want you to realize this first. These four friends knew where to bring their friend. They knew that Jesus was it. They knew that Jesus could heal him. But listen, what we're going to see what Jesus says first before he heals the man is probably more important than him healing him. So four guys, you've got a buddy, probably, we're not told much about this man, probably since birth he couldn't walk. But I thought about these four men this week and I said, man, what kind of dedication is that? Can you imagine you and three of your closest friends pick another friend and you just carry him somewhere? How convenient is that? No motorized vehicles. You got to carry him. How dedicated are they? Just this unbelievable faith. See, many people today have physical as well as spiritual needs that we 
can meet. See, we should be, we should be the person that's that magnetic that people say, hey, uh, I, I saw how Jason or Lee reacted to this situation when it happened in their life. And I'm pretty sure they were using, they were using the Bible to get advice. We should be that, we should be that person where we work to go, that they go to. Some of you are. Some of you have shared that with me. How cool it is to be able to share with coworkers like that. But we see a need that should move us to compassion. Listen, I, the Holy Spirit came to me, and I was putting my stuff in my box and all these, and I'm like, man, I used to, I used to sack groceries at Broviac, so I'm, I'm pretty good. My goal is to get everything in like one box. It hardly ever works, but I try to get it all in there. And I noticed out of the corner of my ear, I'm concentrating, and we're going to be a little bit of money short. I gave him the money. We should seek to have compassion. Now, if it was a numerical value need that they wanted, or I had seen them and they were just putting stuff in the cart like this, I think there's a difference. They were being very, very frugal with their shopping. That person in your life that you can come in contact with is needing you to be compassionate. If you have your worship handout, the first blank is this. When you recognize someone's need, do you act? Some of you just put money into a brown paper sack. When you, see, when you recognize someone's need, do you act? Some of you put a, a quarter in. A dollar, nickels, change, whatever. Whatever you put in. Someone or someones this week are going to be encountered by some of you and they're going to be given a monetary value of money. Here. Let me tell you something. I've been where that couple was and somebody's walked up, it was seven, eight bucks. But it was always the important time that I went to the store. It was always... Man, it's like Friday, and I, I get paid like Monday, and I got to make it through a day and a half. And if I if I buy this, we can eat leftovers for two days, have peanut butter and jelly one day, and boom, I'm back to Monday. I've been there. That person walked up seven or eight bucks. I said, "Man, I can't believe I'm short money." This person, they saw my need and they acted. Oftentimes, you can read this later. I'm not. I'm, I'm preaching, okay? But you can read this story. Oftentimes, you'll read at the very end of the story, I'm so glad that I got this opportunity. It probably meant more to me than it did them. See, that's what Jesus is speaking to us through this. He says, when you recognize a need, when you can become a person that seeks to respond, people will see me. Oftentimes, this is not made up. You can check out the... You can check out the story. Oftentimes it says, for, for those of you that have done it, oftentimes giving that money away was probably a bigger deal to me than it was to them. It goes on in verse 4. So he's in the crowded house. In verse 4, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Four guys show up to the house where Jesus was going to go. They get there. The concert sold out. You can't fit another person in the house. It's like my buddies. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, the, I'm at the tunnel. And I said, like, guys, I can't. I'm getting squished up against this railing. There's 100 people behind me. I said, this isn't. 
man, it's too crowded. These guys show up and it's packed. Sold out concert. Who's playing? Jesus. Jesus is more popular than the 88 Def Leppard tour. He's, he's a big deal. Jesus shows up, packed house. Can you imagine what these guys felt? They probably put their buddy down and go, man, what are we going to do? Cool thing about houses back in this day was they would have stairs on the side that would go up to the roof. I want you to see how unbelievably dedicated these people were and how, how powerful, how important Jesus was to these guys. They knew, listen, they knew, they knew they needed to get their friend to Jesus. Spiritually and, and physically. So they climbed the steps and then they get on the roof. Now, it says that they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Now, imagine this. We're all on the roof of this house. The house is below us. Listen. Because probably if there's only one person talking, it's probably Jesus and he's probably teaching. So they're like right here. Nope, not right there. And they go to this side. Nope, it's not right here. And they, they, they wind their self around and they, and they find he's right here. He's right here. He's right here. So they start digging through this guy's roof. Metaphorically, has, has it ever been that important for us to get to Jesus? They were digging. They were digging. Imagine when it just broke through, they could see and they go, Oh, it's him. He's right there. Dig. And they're digging and they're digging. Now, notice that they're not making a hole like this. They've got a guy on a mat. Reconstruction of the roof would be necessary after this happens. Guy laying on a mat, and they drop him down. Look at this. Then they lowered the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. They knew where to take him. People come to me, and they ask advice. What I've learned to do is to look here. And I may not even have the answer to their question. They may be going through something that I can't explain. Oftentimes, you would hear me say, I know a guy. And I seek to take them to the point through Scripture that points them to Christ. You're going through trouble in your marriage. Or verses about God restoring relationships. I didn't like the way my dad acted to him to me when I was younger. There are store, there are verses that deal with that. See, it was that it was that important. It was that important. In verse five, he says this: seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "My child, your sins are forgiven." He hasn't even talked to him about standing up yet. Watch. Whether or not Jesus chose to heal this man is completely irrelevant to the fact that right here, he gave this guy a future. Right here, he met him where he was. Right here, he showed him, hey, you've come to the right place. I'm what you need. See, those friends were so determined to get their buddy 
to Jesus. That when Jesus said these words, it was bigger. It was bigger than having him stand up. I'm telling you. If the man doesn't walk the rest of his life, he has a future in eternity in heaven. It doesn't. <laughs> well, Matt, just skip to the part where he t- tells the guy to get up because that's the, that's the fireworks of it. Listen, this is the fireworks. My child, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine or can you relate to whenever you were struggling with that addiction or that sin and you came to God and said, God, I need you to forgive me. And he just says, my child, your sins are forgiven. It doesn't, I'm telling you, that time when you become and you enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, when, when God looks at you and he says, wow, you're forgiven. You're set. This guy was set. If he never walked again in his life, he's set. He goes on, verse 6. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves. That's their first problem. They thought to themselves. This is the Pharisees. Remember a couple weeks ago I talked about the Pharisees and the way that they looked in modern day Mount Vernon. They had the jeans, they had the white stitches, and they had the fresh Jordans on. Okay? Air Jordan shoes. And they, they wanted to look the part and they looked everything. Listen, the people that followed Jesus were not the only people that followed him. The people that believed in Jesus, they believed who he says he was, were not the only people that follow him because we're told right here. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they beat these four guys to the house. We're not told that they arrived later. They're told that they're already there. Why? Because they're constantly trying to catch Jesus in something that he says, and they think they got him, but they thought to the wrong person. They thought to themselves. Verse 7, it goes on. What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. (laughs) Who does this guy, again, can you imagine? It's probably not the first time they've heard that. Again, again, Jesus with this blasphemy. How? You just looked at a guy and said his sins are forgiven. Jesus, we know where you were born. We know that Joseph is your dad and he's a carpenter. There is no way that you're God's son. Watch. Jesus says, tells the man, my son, your sins are forgiven. He immediately gets attacked. By people who think, now listen, be careful the way that you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. They had the wrong input here. They had the wrong input. In verse 8, he goes back. He goes right back at him. Watch this. Jesus knew immediately. Re- remember the walk with the disciples? Uh, Jesus, the crowds are back. Uh, I know. <laughs> he knew. But watch what he sees. Why watch? He says, Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. He sees right here. He sees right through them. And he asks, why do you question this in your hearts? Some people have trouble understanding. 
Why? If we back up a verse, the reason these guys had a trouble understanding is because they thought to themselves. Be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. They thought to themselves. Some people have trouble understanding things that are different from what they've always done. People have a big deal with that. Well, why do you do this at Connection? It helps reach people. Well, I I would just never do that because it's not like anything that I've ever done. Okay. Okay. Why do you give away money? Because we seek to relate to people like Christ did. See, some people aren't going to understand that if you have your worship hand out. Oftentimes, this gets in the way with us. Doubt and fear can get in the way of doing what God wants us to do. See, Jesus was questioning these guys. Jesus was throwing out this question. Why do you question this in your heart? Why do you say that I'm not God? The Pharisees were doubting. And you know what? You know what else they had? They had probably a gigantic dose of fear. Because they had yet to catch Jesus in a lie that they could trap him in. You know what? If this guy goes through his whole life, this has got to be the way they were thinking. If this guy goes through his whole life here and he keeps teaching and people keep following, guys, we're going to be out of a job. He keeps relating to these people. He's way more popular than we are. Why? This doubt and this fear. The Pharisees come up with things like, oh, Jesus, that won't work. That's not the way we do it. Jesus trying to explain to him, I'm a revolutionary person. I am physically the embodiment of God. At Connection, we seek to do whatever it takes to reach people. Jesus wants to reach some people in this house so bad that he speaks truth into these Pharisees. He said, why do you question me? If you would just investigate me, you would find that I'm love. I haven't done anything to hurt you. Now, I've called you out on some stuff. He calls the Pharisees out quite regularly. But he says, if you would get to know me, it would change the way you think about me. Have you seen that in your own life? You get to know Christ better, it changes the way that we think about him. Oh, man. In verse 9, he shares this thought process with the Pharisees. In verse 9, he says this, Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Yeah, he's playing Monty Hall with them. Do you want this $5,000 in cash, or what's behind door number two? But in this case, they can see both of them. He says, which is easier for me to do, to say that this man's sins are forgiven? Because they see he's just a man and that, those are just words. Or do I need to prove my authority of who I am and make him get up and walk? Now, regardless, regardless, this man's hope is secure because he came to the right place. He came to Christ. Jesus already has told his man, Your sins are forgiven before he heals him. He's claiming that he could do what God does. This is huge. Jesus is calling himself God, not only in front of the Pharisees, but everybody in the house. 
This is big. In verse 10, he goes on. This is Jesus talking. So I will prove to you that I'm the son of man. This is the first time in the, in the gospel of Mark. Mark, uh, chronologically, uh, is, the first, is the first gospel that we have. The first time in chapter 2 where Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. He is emphasizing that he is fully God and he is fully man. But what he also has is divine authority to forgive sin. And he's just shown them that. Pharisees are sitting there going, man, he's already shown us something that God could do, but it would be witchcraft or something if he made this guy get up and walk. And Jesus said, I'm going I'm to prove to you that I'm, that I'm this. As a man... This is what Jesus was saying when he called himself a a son of man. As a man, Jesus can identify with everything that you go through. He took on the wholeness of humanity, yet had the wholeness of God. Matt, can you explain that? Nope. I can't. I don't understand how how he could be both. But because Jesus had... A fully human body. He understood temptation. He understood anger. He understood, now he didn't choose to do any of this, but he understands the things that you go to, and he sits there, he's sitting here in heaven going, you know the right place to go to get over this, come to me. I can help you with your stuff, but you have to take, you have to take yourself to the right place. You have to put healthy people in your lives that guard you to, and, and point you to the right place. He goes on in verse 10. So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sin. He just forgave the man of sin. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, I'm going to prove to you that I am who I say I am. I want you to stand up, buddy. Pick up your mat. Go home. Regardless if Jesus physically healed this man. Some some people are going to say, wow, fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. The fireworks were before. That was a grand finale, but the, the fireworks were here. This is the important part. When Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, regardless if he ever walked, he had hope of eternity with Jesus. Okay, I'm telling you that right now. That is the assurance. Sometimes we pray, oh, God, take this from me. And God chooses not to. There are things in my life that I wish he'd just... But it's those things in my life where he has taught me, Matt, you know where to go when this comes up. Matt, this week, in the last two days... I've thought this to myself and said it out loud numerous times. Matt, you've got to be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. I know you're upset right now. You have to be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, I know none of you ever get that upset where you have to repeat it more than one time. I might as well have it on repeat on an iPod in my ear for about a day. And God says, listen to me. You know where to come. But he says, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. 
Jesus forgave the sin, and he showed everybody in that house that he was who he says he was with his authority. We need to understand that Jesus wants to heal us spiritually and emotionally. He's, he's to be the place that we go. Jesus provides the way over our addiction. He, avide, he, he gives us a place to go above our hang-ups. He wants to restore your marriage. Jesus is the place to go for that. Before men knew it. Jesus is the place... He wants to restore your marriage. He wants to restore your relationship with your dad. Some of you know my dad. I did not have a great relationship with my dad till f- way later on in life. After the age of 20. He wants to restore that. He has restored that. I've never had a better relationship with my dad than I have right now. I got a text message from my mom. Hey, your dad and I are praying for you this morning. Thank you. I need it. He wants for you to do what it takes to reach people. He wants you to be one of those four friends. I know a guy. I know a guy. He wants us to be relational with people so they feel welcome and comfortable. You go to a church that thinks different. We ask our people to park in the back, and sit up front so that person that's had that rough week can park up front and sit in the back and be comfortable. We think differently. Jesus thought differently. He says, you bring him to me. Bring him to me. He goes on in verse 12. Oh, I would love to see this. (laughs) I would have loved to have been there and stuck it out to see this. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. There's a lot of people that would joke about this, that he was going home to get his toolbox because he had a roof to repair. (laughs) He walked out through the stunned onlookers. And I don't imagine he went quietly. If you've seen God show up, you've had something in your life, you've lost a job, I've lost a job. And I went to God and I said, God, I need you to take care of me. I can't do this on my own. I need you to take care of me. Hold me. Show me what I'm supposed to do. And I'm reminded, Matt, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So I lived my life as much as I could. God, show me what you want me to do. Boom. God says, hey, I got this for you. Because I knew where to look. This guy knew where to look. So whether he's going home to get his toolbox or whatever, I don't think he went quietly. All the people in the house, it goes on, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, "Watch! look, we've never seen anything like this before. Have people come in and say, we've never eaten popcorn in church before. We've never taken coffee into the sanctuary before. Why do you do what you do? Because we seek to reach people. And by reaching people, there are people in this church that understand where we need to show them, where we need to take them. We need to take them to Christ. We're to take him to the one who says your sins are forgiven. Who has the authority. 
We've never seen anything like this before. This is the end result of doing what it takes. Four friends carry their, their friend. We have no idea how far. We have no idea from where they came. They carried their friend to Jesus. Remember, they took him to the right person. In this life, we want to say, oh, I'll go to the right bar. I'll go to the right ball game. I'll be on the right team. I'll drive the right car. These people understood that it's about who you go to. Being, having a relationship with Christ. Connection seeks to be that place. Connection seeks to be a place where we bring in people to show them who God is. There's people in this church that I could just list off. I won't. But there are people that are in this church that have come in broken. I'd like to have a shirt that says connection. And in great big huge letters on the front and back it says, We are the broken. We're fu- Welcome to a church of non-perfect people. Welcome. We understand that we know where we need to go. This is why we see people's lives in connection being changed. If you have your worship handout, the very last blank in it says this. When we do what we can, God does what only He can do. When we do what we can, when we physically, spiritually, emotionally, bring those people to that point, point them in the right direction, God transforms us into a new creation by changing the way that we think. You're not the same. You're not the same. I have a friend that I meet with on a regular basis. And he said, since I've come to connection, I'm not the same. And he goes, I hope I'm never the same again. (laughs) It's nothing that I did. But I knew where to take him. I knew what to show him. I know to who he needed to go. When we seek to do what God wants, God does what only he can. Do we have a count on the money? All right. Okay. Wow. Over $233. And we got some that will go in next month with a check. Remember, if you write a check, we just add it to next month. We have 116.85. Wow. I'm going to give this to two people. Victoria Scoble, would you do this? And Dean Taylor. Is he in here? Not in here? He's outside. How about Chrissy Sweat? She's in Kids Rock. See, you know what the cool thing is? Calling people and, and, and they're working. Rich Barbian, would you do this? Just slip a paper that will show you what you need to do. Thank you. If I ever ask you, and you say, oh, I'd rather not do that, just say, hey, can you pick someone else? Okay. I want to pray for us. Just bow your head and we'll be done. God, we thank you so much. God, thank you for the opportunity to come into this church and to learn about you. 
God, to understand what these friends knew of that you were the place to take their hurt friend. When we have struggles, God, help us to remember that you are to be the place where we go. God, and just the comfort and the fact that you are who you say you are. God, we love you. God, help us to connect with your heart this week. As we live in love like Jesus, where we work and where we play. In your name we pray. Amen.